It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Now, South Africa is currently facing a severe drought and some provinces have even declared disaster areas. KwaZulu-Natal and the Free State hardest hit at this point uh, by this drought. But we are told that this is the most severe drought situation that we have seen in nearly three decades in this country. So uh, this morning we have invited the uh, Minister um, of Water and Sanitation Minister Nomvula Mokonyane. She's in studio with us because we want to know what can ordinary South Africans do to try and help to try and alleviate the situation to make sure we don't get to a crisis point. Minister, thank you so much for coming through this morning. Thanks Sakina and uh, good morning to the listeners. And uh, we also have with us on the line uh, Omri Fansel, who's the executive director at AgriSA, to talk to us about Mm. the food situation in the country. Um, Omri, thanks so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Akina. Thank you, Minister. It's nice to join you guys. Thanks, Omri. Minister, your name, Nomvula. (laughs) And uh, we need the rain right now. So so how dire is the situation as we speak? Firstly, let me start with... The, the the global reality global warming is is now be, is is now in our face it's on our doorstep um and and that is one of uh, the reasons why even the cycle of of drought has been exacerbated in this period you remember when we had cop 17 in Durban, in Etequini, decisions were taken and and all those things and government had to go back and and try and plan but the reality is that uh, then in posted a, 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 a COP17, a lot has happened in terms of the change of the environment and the weather patterns. Secondly, um, we we also need to to appreciate that South Africa generally is a water scarce country. We we do not have our own independent sovereign water sources. We rely on uh, water basins that uh, are also supplying our neighboring countries. And uh, thirdly. We we already have 98% of our surface water being allocated, with more than 60% allocated to irrigation. We've not, as a country, explored other very quick wins just of recycling and reusing water. If that 98% that is already being allocated could have at least been utilized twice or thrice, we'll be home and dry. Two, we've also not uh, properly manage the exploration of groundwater because amongst other problems south africans have um, a, a, a a notion that you can anybody can actually put uh, uh, systems and methods of uh, of uh, abstraction of groundwater and hence sometime in some of our provinces you have seen boreholes that are running dry so part of what you are now doing is to work with the research and development sectors through the department of science and technology csir hsrc the water research commission to deal with uh, also the the groundwater patterns so that we, all, we, 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 we locate the drilling, the abstraction at, in an area where you can be in a position to, to have water over a sustained period. The third one is to, is to, is to deal with behavioral change. That wherever we use water, let's make sure that we use water responsibly and we, we understand that it is a precious uh, resource. South Africa in all sectors, 
we use water that is drinkable. We, we, we also have to accept that it has been very expensive to clean water in South Africa, and yet we use that water for sanitation. So part of what we are doing now is to say, hashtag bring back uh, drinkable water from sanitation. Use dry sanitation solutions. Use low waterborne uh, systems where you already have systems that take more than nine liters. Drop a, a brick, drop a block into that system. You can help me and yourself to contribute towards uh, reaching out to those that are unsaved. Because in the midst of all this, we must also accept that if we have to deal with inequalities, we must continue to think about Madlamini, Mamkize, somewhere in Kanyagude, who is as yet to get clean water and today still drinking water with animals. The last thing is about proper planning. And hence, President Zuma said, South Africa, in line with the NDP, you need to put a national water infrastructure agency that will be an agency of the country. Two, South Africa, you need a water and sanitation master plan, something that has then created a standalone department of water and sanitation 21 years down the line. Three, we need to make sure that as it is our constitutional obligation to provide a service and to provide water, it is also a constitutional responsibility to the end user to look after this uh, resource, use it sparingly, manage it properly as local government and industry, find other means, and let's use our regulatory and enforcement means to cite those that are messing up with this scarce resource. So the issuing of water use licenses must not be a free-for-all. It must have strict conditions, but we must also have capacity of having those who will be able to track whether there's compliance with the the, 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 the license, and we must communicate. We need one message, but many voices. We're a water-scarce country. Let's use water sparingly. We must now move away from a one-size-fits-all. Restrictions have to be applied. They are going to be applied until such time we can replenish, especially our, our storage capacity now that the dams are affected by, by, by climate change. So our storage capacity, our reservoirs, were now also where our dams have run dry. In KwaZulu-Natal, we've called for proposals on storage capacity ar- along the areas that have, are served by, for example, Hazelmere, so that then you move away from having to just uh, throw your hands in the air when the world has got solutions. So these international partnerships that we have are also helpful. In the midst of the drought, let's exploit the opportunity and refurbish our pipelines. Let's maintain, let's remove the asbestos uh, pipes. This is also an opportunity to create jobs. Let's have this war on leaks, a revolution that will actually help us to have everybody participating. 15,000 Young people who are taken in, we've already started with 3,100, another 4,000 is coming in, so that then we deal with water leaks, but start with the leak in your yard, in your sink, in your shower. Now, there are parts of the country that are already experiencing water restrictions, and there's water rationing going on in other parts. Is that something that is inevitable? Do all of us need to get used to the idea that this may be coming? If you have to replenish, restrictions have to be applied. But you also need good bylaws and proper communication. And hence, there are other innovative solutions like a water bank in every household. Provide people with what is sufficient in terms of the constitutional obligation for every household. 
And once the household exceeds, then the household must know that you then have to pay for the excess that you, you actually require. Because it can be correct that people in the rural areas are paying for water that they should be getting for free, and yet government has not reached them. And me and you, in affluent areas, use water excessively and demand also that government must give us more than what we are, we, we, we are entitled to as South Africans. Well, uh, let me bring Omri Fansail in here because the other um, inevitability is that this is going to impact on food security. Omri, what's the, uh, the situation currently like in that regard? Okay, I've traveled to uh, Zimbabwe and also in Namibia and various parts of South Africa. And, and generally, the, the whole western side of South Africa, southern Africa, is dry. So what is the impact of the El Nino um, weather patterns on, on, on South Africa? So throughout South Africa, in all the provinces, we have quite a bit of drought, except in the certain parts of the Western Cape and Southern Cape, where we've had good winter rains. So the impact of this is, and I don't think a lot of people actually realize this, is, but the, 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 the maize value chain feeds the whole of the agricultural value chain. So for the first time in seven seasons, we will not have enough maize in South Africa. So we probably need to import about 46,000 tons of white maize and probably about a million tons of, um, of yellow maize uh, to, to, to feed our people and our food value chain. Um, now, the impact of this is that um, because of the weakened grant, uh, the, the importation of maize is going to be more expensive than local production. This, of course, will create food inflation. So the price of maize meal, the price of bread, all these things will go up as a consequence. And this would have a direct impact on the poor and needy people where, you know, they spend more or less 40 or 50 percent of their, of their uh, monthly salary on food. That might go up to spending 60, 70 percent, which obviously creates a bit of a gap in terms of, you know, the rest of, of, of their expenditure. So it's very important to to look at food production and um, make sure that that we have a proper plan in place to, to deal with these kind of things. Now, unfortunately, the weather is the weather, and there's not much that you can do about that. But what is very important is to make sure that the infrastructure is there to support us if these things happen. Because the reality is, if you take an extreme scenario and you say, listen, we'll have three out of five years of extreme drought, then, then we, we sit with a serious food security um, deficit in South Africa. And traditionally, we never had that situation because, you know, we, we're quite spoiled with food in this country mm. and food production. But, but the point is, you have to hope for the best and plan for the worst. And if we don't have the infrastructure, the recycling capacity, mm. and um, these things in place, you know, what, what we will what, what we will be dealt with then would be something that would be of a severe nature and um, we're going to have to make sure that the national water plan or the master plan that the minister referred to is something that's implementable. Mm. You know, it takes 25 years to, to plan and build a dam, just as an example. Mm. So these are long-term plays that one has to do in, in, in timelessly, otherwise you know, when a drought hits you and you don't have enough spare uh, water capacity, and you don't have an, an economy that focuses on recycling and, 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 and saving water, 
then the whole economy will basically be drawn to its knees. So that is the situation from our side that, that, that makes us quite concerned. And it makes everybody else concerned in this country as well. So what are your views? What do we need to do? What can we do as citizens to help the situation? 891 is the call-in number. You can SMS us on the number 34701. Tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And we're in conversation with Minister Nomvula Mukonyane as well as Omri Fansale, Executive Director at AgriSA. Let's speak to KGM in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your guests. Uh, straight to the minister. Minister, you know, it's encouraging most of the time listening to, to you passionately talking about the issue of water and how you encourage South Africa to, to preserve water and how to do more in terms of trying to harness this uh, commodity. However, you know, I look at the way government is, is handling this uh, emulation. We we have this challenge where you encourage us, we come up with projects or uh, these measures, and, and government doesn't really give us support. Um, when you look at, for instance, the, the, the many uh, uh, projects, I want to call them projects, Minister, because they help government in many ways in terms of not only preserving water but creating employment as well. Uh, we, we have knocked at the door of government. We said... This is how we're saving water. An example of the eco-friendly car washes, for instance. We know how much water is being used and misused by, by washing of cars. But, but government doesn't, doesn't just do it. Government doesn't even use eco-friendly car washes themselves. Why should we listen to the minister telling us to do this when government is not doing it? I think that is the essence of my question. Um, the minister just has a question for you, KGM, on clarity uh, in terms of okay. where you, who you approached with these proposals. Well, uh, on, on second occasions, I've approached her office. I've written to her office. I've made a proposal where I said, at, at that time when she was in Devon, uh, some, some months back, I said, here's a proposal where we can employ so many people through the, the, the car wash division, for instance, of our business, the, the, the proposal is, it should be sitting in her office somewhere. We requested many times to see the minister in her personal capacity on behalf, I mean, with regard to this, and we never get feedback, nothing. So right from the minister's office all the way to the, 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 the other MECs, in, in the relevant MECs, even councillors themselves, we, we, you just can't go through to them. All right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, KGM. Um, let's hear from uh, Funani in East London. Good morning. Morning, Sakina. You know, in September, we drove a summer belle from all parts of the country going to LA, which is in Ladysmith. We're confronted with this drought. It is dire, dire drought. You know, you drive and you see people going to areas where you shouldn't go get water. It was that that bad. You know, coming from the Eastern Cape and there's no drought around here, it's still raining. It rained the entire mm. night. My worry, listening to the MEC, I think the MEC should have been an advocate, should have been an activist, not the MEC. I mean, the, the minister should not have been a minister. He's saying there must be a master plan. There must, he's a minister. Why is it that we don't have those master plans? Why is it that the things that she's calling for are not there? I mean, her term is going to expire. Will the next minister argue the same point? is saying when there is no water now, let's make use of that to clean the pipes. There are other ways. Why is it that we don't have 
you know, white people in the past used to have wind, to, I, I nearly said wind turbines. Those things, I, I don't know, they, 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 they are named the borehole, that kind of thing. Why is it that we don't explore other ways mm. other than drought? In the areas of KZN, there is an ocean line. Why don't you discuss issues such as desalination as one of the ways of getting water? I know it's expensive, but is it not one of the things we can invest on so that the people of KZN can get water? That area of Lady Smith was such a bad fight, Sakina, when I saw it. I think we have a very bad government with a bad minister. Whoa. Okay. That's uh, Funani. She will respond. Rian in Wartburg, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, Minister. Morning. You know, uh, I, I welcome what you say, but I think um, time to get off the uh, uh, to to get off the uh, soapboxes now and start mm. working. Mm. You know, I live in a little town called Wartburg, which is outside Pirmaritzburg. In the last two weeks, there must have been ten, um, at least ten, pipe bursts where the water just runs and runs and runs and runs all night. They'll fix it today. Tomorrow it will burst again. We talked about old um, asbestos piping. I've approached the municipal manager, Spool Kuzwayo. I've approached uh, middle management. I've approached uh, the people that do the repairs. Why aren't we just fixing one leak? Why aren't we replacing these pipes piecemeal? Mm-hmm. But we'll do expensive uh, repair works with, with uh, whereas we could replace a whole street within one day but we'll do that piecemeal over two weeks and still we'll have leaks you know we can't just carry on talking and talking and talking without doing what we should be doing thank you so much uh, rian martha d in umtata i see you back home good morning good morning sakina and good morning to the honorable minister morning martha sis martha Yes. Uh, I think uh, I, I must agree with those people that say uh, the minister is very passionate about water, how to use water, and so on. Maybe it's because of her name, Numbula. But, Sakina, for the first time, I have to agree with Mike in Newlands. The government doesn't seem to be so eager to be exemplary, show us how to preserve water. For an example, when I'm here in Amtata, I see water, uh, pipes burst out, everybody trying to get water to wash the gas right in time. And I reported this to, to, to our Tambo, uh, that, that, that is responsible for the water. But I'm already told, okay, ma'am, okay, don't worry. The person now who is responsible for that water or whatever is not in. Second week I come, nobody has taken anything. The water is still running through past mm-hmm. parts. Then now I decided, no, I don't want to be a thorn on anybody's side. Lastly, Sakina, I know this is not a query, question, complaint session, but I'm always in Cape Town. But I flew back here on Friday to pay my dues on the second, because I get paid on the last month. But I found that my account has escalated to about 800 restaurants, there was nobody in the house. So I don't know. I don't know. 
Thank you, Sakina. Mm. Listen on the radio. Thank you so much, uh, Martha D. And um, Mike, I'm not going to take your call now because we're coming up to uh, news time. Uh, Tulani Nzima says, um, it pained me to realize that it took four days, four days just to fix a burst water meter in Clayville just last week when we say there is no water. Mm. So many people mm. talking about this problem, mm. uh, Minister, uh, saying that there just doesn't seem mm. to be any urgency. And yet we say we have a problem harvesting water in this country. And um, this one from uh, Vugile Dwati, uh, who says, Shruit moved by government, no tenders for the rollout of water tankers nationally. Greedy tenderpreneurs must to be hot under the collar because that is another one of the problems that we have been seeing for quite some time. And of course, we'll continue this conversation with Minister Nomvula Mukanyane and Omri Fansel from AgriSA talking about food security because as a result of this drought situation... It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And, of course, this morning we are discussing the drought situation in South Africa. Disaster areas being declared already. And the situation is really, really dire. Unfortunately, it would seem as though some South Africans have not caught on to this as yet. So this morning we're talking about what it is that we can do as ordinary citizens to uh, perhaps help alleviate this particular situation. Also looking at how this is impacting on food security in the country. Omri Fansail, Executive Director at Agri SA with us this morning, as well as Minister Nomvula Mokonyane. Let's just take a Mike's call. He was there from uh, before the news break. Mike in Middleburg, good morning. Morning, Sakina, and thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, I disagree totally with Funani. I think uh, Minister Nomvula is a very good minister because uh, since um, her inception, I think uh, she has made water everybody's business. And uh, Sakina, let's remember, Minister was there before, I think a few weeks ago, and we were all alerted uh, about uh, this uh, possible challenge. Uh, unfortunately, seemingly the message uh, fell on deaf ears because uh, majority of us still continue to use water unsparingly. Uh, and I want to say all of us, particularly local authorities, must be hands-on. But what is important is that uh, as ordinary residents, we must treat water as a scarce resource and we must behave responsibly. Because it, if that happens, uh, there will be an improvement. Otherwise, if we rely on government to make laws, to monitor uh, without us being responsible, nothing is going to happen, Sakina. And uh, lastly, I want to remind uh, the Honorable Minister about the suggestion I put forward when uh, she was there about the Water Conservation Summit by all municipalities. Mm. Thank, Thank you, you so much, uh, Mike. Okay, let's answer some of those questions, uh, Minister. No, thanks to the callers and thanks for some of the the wisdom that comes with uh, the issues raised. Um and 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 that I really want to 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 fully agree with those that are saying we all have to take responsibility in terms of uh, doing things uh, different. Um, the issue that has been raised about uh, the projects and solutions we have called an innovate a, a, a water innovation solution summit where we have said anyone who has a solution you don't need a meeting with Nomvul. It's going to waste your opportunity. Interact with the Water Research Commission. 
The Water Research Commission looks at all innovative solutions, working also with the Gauteng Innovative Hub and our, our, our universities across the country. They then look at what you can provide. But if you're asking for a meeting with the, with the minister, what will happen is that the minister will say it is good. But what will be of more value, it's when a, a report comes from the Water Research Commission saying you can use this solution. We think it can be applied in this particular fashion. We have costed it and we have assessed where it can actually be applied. And they will walk with you to areas where we can pilot. Because again, with innovation, you need to also test the functionality. Just um, to, to, to raise these issues about an eco-friendly car wash. The caller who says he spoke to me, everybody who was with us at Ewin, with the, the, the Water Research Commission was there. And I'm calling on South Africans that you have a number of innovative solutions and let's interact with the Water Research Commission. Go onto their website, interact with Desig and Naidu. There are many solutions that we have picked up. Some are coming from community experiences. Some are coming from our youngsters who are now doing science and maths. And we are also having competitions in terms of recognition of uh, innovative best practices. In partnership with the Department of Small Business Development, some of these innovative solutions, we have now created them into business solutions and and i can name about 11 youngsters who are now providing new systems different kind of taps different kind of pipes and even an eco-friendly car wash solution that we are now piloting in kwazulu natal because people have followed what we have actually raised in that platform in teben we said work through don't wait to meet with unomvul I'm not going to respond to Funani. It's like he read what we presented yesterday and he can say what he wants to raise. We'll continue to speak and we appreciate the feedback that we get from people. A hands-on local government is the way to go. When there's a best pipe, the response time and so on. We're putting now uh, a system where all the water boards in South Africa, because they're located in different provinces, will have call centers with information and where we can track whether there's been a response. The work that has been done now with KwaZulu-Natal Disaster Management Center, a call comes through to the center, there's somebody from water, there's somebody from energy, there's somebody from agriculture, there's somebody from, uh, from COCTA, but it is managed by the MEC for COCTA on our behalf. And when an issue is raised, it is referred to a municipality, but they also track the response time and whether things have been done. And through that, that's why we had to get into Mkanyagute and take over because all queries that go to Mkanyagute were never responded to. All the interventions, there was resistance even from local government. And hence what President Zuma say, review the two acts. You can't, today people are complaining about the best water pipe and you've got a capacity in a water board, but because the municipality is a water authority, they will rather go and contract a water tank than laying a pipe. Those are the solutions that we are making. These are the game changers that we are putting in place. But we also want citizens' responsibility. Vandalizing of the infrastructure is one of the other things that we are also dealing with. The issue that... Uh, Vandalism by whom? Vandalism by... If there's a community protest... Don't, don't destroy your stormwater drainage system. Theft of cable affects the pumping of water. You remember what happened the last time in Johannesburg? Those are some of the things. Copper theft, a pump, everything being stolen, and even 
a consciously driven thing to provide a a tender for somebody who has a, a water tank where people just go and block a, a, a water pipe so that then somebody can be contracted on the basis of emergency. We are dealing with, with all those issues. And hence Minister Patel's submission of a new bill on vandalism, cable theft, and all those things being seen as serious economic offences. But on that score, there's also allegations that um, there's the deliberate usage of cheap materials when it comes to laying of water infrastructure. There's, there's, there, there, are, there are two sides in it. Because when a municipality or a water board appoints Sakina, you have to also make sure that there's quality assurance in terms of what Sakina can actually provide. So the private sector is not innocent in this. And hence, the thing that we're saying about blacklisting those who are not providing properly and taking them out of the system so that then you don't always assume that 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 is cheap can function or that that is most expensive or those that have got... uh, long historical experience are the ones who can do better. So quality assurance and quality management are, are very important in terms of project management. And, 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 and I agree with you on, on that, that, yes, hence the issues of the, the Water Research Commission and the issues of uh, science and technology in terms of the SABS approval. And if it is innovative, it can be compared with anything. Let's take it to CSIR and the Water Research Commission to go and and verify its functionality. Some would say all good and well, but are we going to see consequences, severe consequences for those who are actually interfering? You you have seen what you have uh, done. It was not even uh, three weeks, two weeks after my appointment. We had to deal with the bloom bloom, bloom of uh, municipal manager and the technical team of that municipality. You have also had... What I've just said about the interventions and the takeover of Mkanyagute in KwaZulu-Natal, you've also been uh, informed about uh, uh, what we are now dealing with in Ngakamudirimulema. There's an administrator that the, the, the provincial government of the Northwest has, has appointed, but you have management that is resisting change in Ngakamudirimulema, and hence... Uh, there are problems again. We are quite worried about the, the, the money that to, the conditional grants that moved from Treasury to the municipalities in, the, in, in, in Limpopo were making interventions and hence Minister Ntlantlanene announced that there will be conditional grants and the conditions will be determined by lead departments because in the past lead departments used not to be involved in the approval of conditional grants that go to municipalities. So these are some of the things that we are dealing with. The last consequence... Just a few weeks, a few, two weeks ago, we've just cited the municipal manager of Mfulin for the sewer spillages into the Val River system. When they've got money to deal with it, when they've been informed periodically, when environmentalists have raised these issues, we're now also dealing with the olifants uh, uh, catchment as well, where the mines have actually contaminated the system. We're now also rehabilitating Hartebies not on site because the pollution of Hartebies depends on us sorting out the infrastructure in the upstream in our municipalities in the northwest. And hence what Minister Praveen Gordon says, there are municipalities that are not just viable, that we must just totally shut off, because if they don't have the capacity to recruit, they don't have a revenue base, there is no indication of them being able to do that. It can be 
something that we must continue to deal with. And hence some of the recommendations of the demarcation board and what uh, the Back to Basics program is coming up with. That that does not function in terms of helping us to provide services to our people must fall. Omri Fanseo? Omri, somewhere there on the line. Omri, you still with us? No? I yeah, can't. sorry about that. Hi. Um, I was just saying, I think climate change is a reality that, that we will have to deal with in, in the future. It's not going to go away, and, and it will definitely affect the way most countries conduct themselves. Now, climate change has various impacts. One of them is droughts. The other one is felt fires, for example, uh, degradation of the climate, of, of the um, surface areas, and then um, that all of these things lead to extreme poverty. And the people that are mostly exposed are, are the rural communities. And from a farming sector, it's critical that we address these things. I think the first thing that we need to look at is contingency planning, because we are, if we are saying that climate change is such a big game changer, then our focus and our game need to mm. change as well. Mm. So if you look at the economics of this going forward, and you, you fast forward it like into 10 years from now, if we don't get our structures and support systems in, in order now, from a state perspective as well as from a, from from a, from the South African population perspective, then we are going to have a very big problem in this country. I also think that our contingency planning in the state has to be very good, and the execution of this has to be very good. So, if we talk about local government execution on on, on water issues. Um, this has to be an excellent execution measure because if, if you don't execute well on, on these critical matters such as water and electricity, then we are, we are staring down the barrel of a very dark future. And uh, from Agri-SA's point of view, you know, we've been engaging with various farmers and farming entities and various ministries about this. And um, you know, we are trying to give the best input that we can on grassroots level to, to kind of manage the situation. But um, it's in all, our, all of our hands to make sure that this works and that we... Um, but I just want to finish off by saying, if we don't plan for this and we mm. don't budget for this and we don't execute properly on this, then we're going to have a big problem. Indeed. Um, but as Minister pointed out already, if you have a capacity problem, at local government level. Um, if there's a problem with resources, then we are perhaps planning to fail already, Minister. That's exactly one, one of the things that we need to commend uh, the, the government that uh, following the adoption of the NDP, President Zuma actually came out and said we need a standalone department that must do nothing else but focus on these issues. Following that, we had to then have a back-to-basics program championed by Minister Pravin Gooden. And I cannot agree more with uh, Amre. We need, we need contingency plans that have to be quite good and efficient. We need to work on a plan, and it is not a plan that we'll have to finish before we implement. We plan as we implement some of the solutions that are not only short-term, but are long-term. And I've spoken about the rollout of infrastructure. I've spoken about the increase of the human capital in terms of the one leaks and the, the, the recruitment and the buzzers that we're giving for people who must go and study so that then they can occupy these critical responsibilities. I've spoken about adaptation because I think that's what Andre is also quite uh, uh, conscious about, that in their sector, 
adaptation is also quite important and the sharing of information and uh, complementing one another in the work that we do. You don't have sufficient water, you'll not have proper supply of energy. And you don't have, if you don't have proper supply of energy, you'll not be able to pump your water. So we need each other. If we don't have sufficient water, you'll not have food production that is quite reliable. And mm. hence the food, ne- the, 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 the nexus of uh, energy, food security and water is quite critical. But at the center of it is partnership. We don't need cynics in this. We need solutions. We need an open mind. But we also need to have warning systems that we all adhere to. And let's go back to the lines. Please keep it short and sharp. 891 Kaya and Hoffmeyer, good morning. Good morning, Sister Kenna. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning to the minister. Good morning, Babka. Uh, I'm calling from Hoffmeyer, Chris Anit, State Municipality. I just want to say one thing very, very clear that People must listen to the minister and they must see what the minister is saying is actually happening on the ground. I would make one example. In Hofmeyer, where I'm staying, we didn't have water for the past eight months. It was basically because we don't have under, enough underground water because of the drought. If there are no rains, there's not going to be any water. If there is little water on the taps, people are misusing it, we won't have water. And that blame cannot go to the minister. It comes back to other communities that we must save water, we must make sure that the little that we are having is used properly. Yesterday, the minister informed the nation as to how that should happen. I think we need to respect what our government is saying. Thank you very much. Thank again. you so much. Kaya, solo in Umsawiya Lingana. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and uh, to the Honorable Minister. Morning, Kaya. Yes, I. This is Solo. Oh, Solo. Yes. Yes, Solo. Uh, in a particular case of Umkanyagud, I think we are hard hit by the by the drought, and thanks to the minister for uh, immediately moving in. But we would want to urge the minister that. Uh, in similar cases in future, she must move in and remove all red tapes and bureaucratic mm. processes. Mm. However, in Umkanyabu, we've got a dam, a historical dam, Josini, which by design was never meant to provide water to people. As we speak, a commercial farmer is busy irrigating water abundantly on his plantations. Meanwhile, in the neighborhood, mm. there are... There is no water uh, 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 for, for any domestic uh, uh, use for the people in the, in the, in the area. However, in this uh, legal framework and institutional arrangement, we've got a problem where the district has got a lot of power and capacity uh, which is sitting with it, uh, given to it by law. But I think in our case, we are experiencing some serious problems. So I urge the minister to go direct Stop regulating the issues of water alone, but go direct and see exactly what is it that you can do, because there are a lot of low-hanging fruits in, mm. in, in our area. Thank you so much, uh, Solo. Uh, Tabani in uh, Pulukwane, good morning. To, to say to the minister is that why, it seems as if now it is um, like uh, the trend, that you always plan once you are struck by the disasters. Yes, the minister said that this is a alone department. But it seems as if he's, he's starting to play now. While I say we're afraid we're, we're by, by drought, I'll wait for the minister to answer. Okay. Thanks, Tavani. Mike in Sedgefield. Morning. I, I am looking at the Water Research Commission um, article about what is called un, 
non-revenue water. More than half of municipalities were unable to provide any data on non-revenue water. This is water that leaks. Mm. What is the minister going to do to make sure that municipalities are made competent to look after water leaks? Thank you so much, Mike. And Miles Budu in Johannesburg, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning, the Honourable Minister and Combrink. I remember in 1974 when I was in Senate 5, uh, that year was declared a water year, and we were called upon throughout the country to play three times a day. You know, and I was just wondering whether the Muslim religion were also called upon to do the same because they pray three times a day. Right. Can we maybe not revisit the praying so that the the minister can't exactly go and ask people to pray fewer times a day but leaving that alone let me run through some of the other questions that are coming through some really pertinent questions about the private ownership of dams 350 um, uh, says this one Spelele Dudla is owned uh, by government uh, out of 5,000 dams so the private ownership of dams is a problem and then uh, there are a few others as well Zake says mining water licenses how many are operating without it and water pollution and Mlungisi says why is Rand water being used as an agent in provinces where there are water boards lots to bite into their minister Yes, uh, I want to start with rainwater. We're looking at the capacity and the ability. We've taken rainwater to Mpumalanga. Again, because we've agreed with the Mpumalanga government and our municipalities. There's no capacity in the institutions that exist in Mpumalanga and uh, other than the catchment agencies. So these are water boards of the, of the, of the, of the government. And therefore, they can't be limited to one area. And remember, historically, they were meant to look after the interests of the few. So we are actually going to do that. Even yesterday, we have identified some of the water boards that must go in and help some of the provinces that have not been able to pull things together like what KwaZulu-Natal has been able to deal with. The ownership of dams, I like it. Because part of what has been a problem is that this is apparently what was part of a negotiated settlement to say we will not interfere with dams that are in private property. In, in line with the property rights. And I'm saying, if we want to really say we are waging a water revolution, we must go back and say, who is the main custodian of water in South Africa? And it has to be government. We must reclaim these dams back and also check the extent of use so that then villages across. The Josini thing is, a, is an appalling story. Um, and, and the good thing, it's no longer a story. We're acting on it. And I'm happy that Tabane has raised that because the irrigation of uh, your sugar plantations can't proceed as if it's business as usual. We have now started to go into the Josini Dam and redirect some of the water into villages. When we first went with uh, Premier Senzo Mkunu, we had uh, elderly people who are almost 78, 80 years, who are saying they used to just look at the dam and have to travel one hour, 40 minutes to go and fetch water. We are now rolling out this process. And again, with the intervention that we are now dealing with, we, we're trying to accelerate this process of, of uh, making sure that uh, we, we desist a program that says we'll build um, water dams that are only for economic use. We have since agreed that we want multi-purpose water dams that can be for the village, for the mine, and for industry. Like the Diwop uh, dam that was for um, the, the Midupi, 
Mm. We've said it can't be correct that villages around that area, all that they can see are pipes that are cutting across their villages, but they can't actually do anything. All I can say, yes to Mike about the summit, we're working with Cocta on that, we are focusing on the unsaved, we're trying to build the capacity, we're working on the plan as we implement, but what is of important importance, we're a water scarce country, we need each other, partnership, imagine if what you have is the last drop. Thank you so much. Minister Omri Fansayo? Uh, just to conclude, um, I agree with the Minister on, on many of the things that was discussed. Uh, we need to work together. But I think what is becoming critical is that we implement our plans with excellence. If we don't do that, then it doesn't matter. You can have the best plans in the world. You will fail. And it's with that message that I want to leave you. Well, thank you so much, Omri Fansail, Executive Director at AgriSA and uh, Minister of Water and Sanitation, Nomvula Mukonyane. And of course, this is not the end of the discussion. I'm going to give her your tweets, your Facebook messages to go and read, printed them for her, because this is an important issue and we'll keep our eye on the ball.